Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Can ghosts be after your money? What are trapezoid UFOs? Can parasitical entities adversely affect your physical health? Hey there, and welcome to the 543rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and those diverse questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And the renowned quantum physicist, Dr. Amit Gatswami, was uh, scheduled to be with us this evening, but uh, had a last-minute conflict, and so we're going to reschedule him. Uh, so we'll do an impromptu uh, open-line show this evening. So the number is 401 766 one two four zero, or from anywhere in uh, the U.S. or Canada, eight hundred four four nine one two four zero. Much as we love Dr. Goswami, this is a blessing in disguise because we're in dire need of an open line show. And uh, let, let me assure everyone that there's nothing—he's not ill. Everything's fine. He just—he had a scheduling conflict. He kind of got stuck at, in Oregon because he lives in Oregon, but he was somewhere else other than his home, and he really couldn't do the interview. Uh, from the lobby of a hotel, so I suppose you could uh, try, but you could try, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to yeah. do that. Uh, so anyway, he will be rescheduled in in a few weeks. We'll let you know about that. But anyway, our emails are overflowing at this point, so let's get right to them. Indeed, let's start with Facebook. A couple of that, that I took off Facebook. This is from Diana in Santa Barbara, California. Okie doke. So Diana writes to us, I do not completely understand why you do not believe in residual hauntings, but do believe that there are geological factors in play when it comes to many hauntings. Why can't it be possible that hauntings can be recorded on granite, which is magnetic, and then played back? Okay. Well, I mean, there are a number Uh, of questions you'd have to ask there is, one, how would you record it? What would be the method in which it's recorded? Because you can say, well, here's a piece of paper. All right, there's a message on it. How did you get there? And mm. all that. You know what I mean? Well, first, let's explain what a residual haunting is. Right. Uh, th- that is a common parlance in pop paranormal research and also in more serious parapsychological research as well. And what it essentially means is that when you are having a paranormal experience, particularly a ghost-like one, it is, uh, in some cases, somehow recorded on the environment. Uh, I think people got the impression there that that could be possible. I guess, I guess it's possible, but I don't believe it. And the reason I don't believe it is because I used to believe it. Matter of fact, I was one of the early advocates for that. Uh, but then I, I interacted with certain phenomena and changed them, phenomena that had been interpreted as residual haunting for a long time. Uh, that's, a, that's another long story. I've talked about that on other shows. So I think what you have here is, is the issue of, of, of that and also the issue of what method would be used to record this kind of thing. And uh, the young lady here mentions granite. Uh, you'd have to have an awful lot of, um, uh, I believe it's ferrous oxide. Is, is it ferrous oxide, Ben, or... Uh, anyway, yeah, well, you'd have to have an awful lot of that in the granite in order to record in any way uh, that would resemble a, a, any sort of recording that we know about. I'm thinking particularly of uh, probably my classic primary case in 1971 and two, and that was the uh, Lost Village in Connecticut we've often spoken about on the show, and we heard a number of things that could be interpreted as residual hauntings. For example, a, an ox cart driver going by that we couldn't see, couldn't be more than 20 feet away. And the question I had was, well, 
what, what is this? Why, why are we hearing wooden wheels, oxen or horses, and, and a, an ox, the cart, and even a, even a whip, if this was a spirit? So I began to wonder, are we dealing more with time than we are with death? And that was the beginning of all the ideas we have well, that today. That another question. Different. What would be the material that's recorded onto it? Like if you're like if we're talking about granite here, like is is it a spirit that's recorded under granite? Like what would be recorded onto? Well, it? I said, well, that that that's a good question. I've never really heard an adequate answer to that. Presumably, it's the the sound and sight of the event that is somehow recorded. Now I'm I'm thinking about this lost village and the the there was this we're talking perhaps between 100 100 and 200 years. There's nobody there now. It's all woods. It can't be the trees because the trees are all different. Soil, even soil levels are constantly changing, so it can't be that. Uh, if you're talking about boulders and granite, well, yeah, it's New England, it was rocky soil, but you'd have to have an awful lot of ferrous oxide uh, in order to, um, to record anything, as is done on a tape. And even that would, would be minimal. You wouldn't have uh, images and the whole business. So that, that whole thing just really never held water for me, you know, unless it's, as our friend Mark D'Antonio says, undiscovered science of some kind. And that's entirely possible. But because I've interacted with these things and changed them, I think what we're dealing with is, uh, is something much uh, more interesting. I think we're dealing with a, a, a parallel world intersect where you're seeing and hearing the actual event. So there we have it. Uh, so th- that's the answer to that. I think there are better explanations than recording. Uh, and granite uh, specifically is not, about, uh, Diana, is not magnetic in itself. There, there is a lot of, of misinformation about, out, about granite being uh, magnetic in itself and being able to record it. Depends how much ferrous oxide is in it. So there we go. I, I admit I really don't know much about it. Well, you are a sound expert, but I guess you're not a geologist. No, I'm not a geologist. You can't ask everything. Not really a sound expert either. I'm still in the process of learning. Okay. Well, we have uh, another one from Tracy in Montana. Okie doke. Tracy writes to us, Is it true that the Catholic Church is more open about exorcism? Paul, I have heard you talk about uh, some of the rough times they gave you, and how come uh, some people claim to be official exorcists when they are not priests? Well, those are all very good questions, Tracy. The um, information I have on exorcism is um, kind of based on my experience as a a student for the priesthood many, many years ago. As a matter of fact, uh, um, until very recently, I had uh, contact, well, actually I still do, I suppose, contacts at the Vatican who were family friends. And uh, but you know it's not like they're going to tell me what's going on with that because they know I'm on the radio here. Um, but in any case, so we'll get back to that question in a minute. We have a phone call from oh Shane Searway, our good friend. Sh- oh, oh sorry, yes I have to put. All right, there we go, Shane. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Welcome to the show. How are you? <laughs> good. How you guys doing? Good. Good. We're uh, we're recovering from a power outage yesterday, and so I had to put on my earphones here. Uh, okay, uh, what's, um, we have a very important event coming up, and uh, you're the organizer, and uh, why don't you tell everybody about it? We, we've been announcing it, but you're, you're the horse's mouth, so go right ahead. All right, it's going to be a true paranormal event in Brookline, New Hampshire, which is only 10 minutes outside of Nashua, 10 minutes outside of Townsend, uh, Massachusetts, probably only tops 40 minutes outside of Worcester, where 
I was born. Um, and it's going to be a wonderful event. I, I think probably the most intelligent event, uh, as far as the paranormal is concerned, that ever, you know, ever happened. Um, you know, I'm like, we're, we're lucky you're going to be a part of it, Paul and Ben Eno. Um, you guys are going to be doing a presentation. We got Bill Hall, um, who's, who's author of this highly anticipated book, World's Most Haunted House. Um, he's going to be speaking about the book, and I, I will also be doing a presentation about the mechanics of the paranormal. Um, there's going to be other things, a luncheon buffet, um, possibly awards, but we're going to schedule some time, you know, we're going to have some time allowed so everyone can, you know, come up to each different person and, and ask their own personal questions. Because I found when I've done lectures in the past that there's always, you know, a handful of people in the crowd that want to ask questions, but they're afraid to do so, you know, in front of everybody. And mm -hmm. they, they always approach you afterwards. So I'm going to allow time for that. So, you know, it, it'll be more intimate and um, people good. can ask those questions. That's great. And um, so it, it's... You know, I, I thought about doing it at, you know, these, you know, a more convenient location, or so they say, because this, this place is not far out of anyone's way at all. Um, it sounds like it, but um, it's in southern New Hampshire, um, very, very close to everything. Um, it's not right off an exit off a highway, but I checked those places out. Those places were really high money, and in order to, you know, to do that, we, which we could have, the ticket prices would have gone, you know, through the roof. So I wanted to, um, you know, keep the ticket prices down so people would come out and hear things that they've never heard before. Um, you know, we're talking about information from Paul and Benino, um, myself, um, listen to things from Bill Hall and all his research done on this Bridgeport, um, Connecticut poltergeist case from 1974. This is good stuff. And, um, I don't just say this from a marketing standpoint. I mean, if I was somebody else looking at this 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 event, I would go out of my mind. I mean, um, you know, there's been so many paranormal conferences, but it's a it's a whole lot of people saying a whole lot of the, of the same things. Mm -hmm. You you know, if if I'm going to combine the experience between you know Paul and Benino and myself, I think we're probably over 80 years of combined experience. I mean, it's thanks a lot. It's, it's, <laughs> But no, but you're right. You're right. <laughs> it, yes, I am, and and it's it's pretty ridiculous. And and the the reason why that's so important is because it's 80 years of combined experience doing um, what nobody else has been doing. Everyone else is well. I would say most mostly everybody. They're all going the same direction. They're all trying the same thing. Um, they're all fitting the same mold based on the books that they read when they were kids and watching the same TV programs, but. You know, I think we've been lucky enough to realize that um, there's more to it than just that, and um, that it's it's just not when you die, you turn into a ghost and you haunt people. It's it's way <laughs> deeper than that. Yes, and, it is. Yes, and it is. Yeah, yes, it is. And and so I'm I'm excited about this because um, people are going to be able to come to this and hear from not only because we have good theories and theories that are. They have been tested throughout all these years and proven because um, I know you guys are very successful with your investigations, and, and I have thousands behind me with a 100% success rate, and the reason why is because of the discoveries I've made going in a different direction, and people are going to be able to get some of that information. They're going to hear things they've never heard before, and 
come in, and then and then we got Bill Hall talking about this fantastic case that you were involved with with the Warrens in the in the seventies. And I mean, I'm, I'm wicked psyched for this event, and and I just I think it would be a shame if, if people didn't come out. But uh, I, I think we're well on our way. Uh, there's a lot of interest and. Um, a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls, and, and uh, I think it's going to be a great time. Well, we're very excited too, Shane, because oh, yeah. there have been conferences in the past with, uh, there, as you say, they happen almost every week, and they're different parts of the country. But again, it's all the same old, same old 19th century stuff, and people don't look really beyond that. And plus, it gets kind of boring and repetitive as well. Yeah, kind of like a residual right. haunting, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> so. What we're talking about, uh, folks, is the uh, a celebration of advanced understanding in the paranormal. That's 11 to 4 p.m., 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Brookline um, Event Center in Brookline, New Hampshire. And uh, we're talking with Shane Searway of TrueGhost.com, who is organizing the event, doing a fine job so far, as far as we can see. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we're really looking forward to it, September 20th. Uh, Shane, give us a website, if you would, please. It is TrueParanormalEvent.com. Okay. Um, and all the information is, is, is there. I mean, if, if, if they're familiar with, if anyone's familiar with my website, it's Um or if you go to Paul and Ben's site, I think the, the link is there as well. But it's yes. trueparanormalevent.com, and you can purchase tickets from there. Um, you, if you wanted to mail a check, the information to do so is there. Um, and, and, and I wouldn't hesitate because... I mean, don't wait until it's time for, um, you know, school shopping, <laughs> you know, yeah. because, um, you know, just get them now because um, I, I know this thing is, is probably going to probably gonna sell out. At least, you know, I hope so, but I, I, from what I'm seeing, the interest in this thing, um, I wouldn't wait. And, and um, it's going to be something, you know, this information is priceless, and, and it's $35 a ticket, and you're going to get it information that you're not going to get anywhere else i, I I've, I've i've attended a, um you know lectures before I, i've been asked to do like 20 minute appearances and in, in lectures at, at you know places before that were selling for 65 and 75 but the information and you know the the subject matter i mean it, it it's not even going to compare to to this and i was just listening to what you guys were talking about too beforehand this you know, classic um, understanding of uh, residual haunt and recordings on certain things, and and uh, and I agree with you. It's it's absolutely well beyond that, and that's what we're going to be talking about because um, you guys can break that down. I can break that down. Um, you know, in, in a one-hour um, you know radio show, we can't get too too in depth. But uh, in, at this program, that's exactly one of the things I plan on talking about in depth. Um, and, and and I can't wait. It's going to be a good time, and it's a great venue. It's it's a beautiful place, um, very comfortable, and I mean it's once a once in a lifetime. And there'll there'll be food. People want to know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all I yep, care about is the gonna, food. Yep. I I don't know. I thought I mentioned that, but there's going to be did. a lunch buffet. Yeah. Yep, there's yep. going to be a lunch buffet. Um, there's going to be uh, beverages, you know, probably like you know sodas, diet sodas, uh, water, um, non-alcoholic. But um, it's it, and it's going to be wonderful. There'll be different vendors too. Um, um, we have uh, Lynn and Willie from an, another radio show. Uh, the Spirit, what is it? Spirit Radio. Oh, Lynn, are, are Lynn Nickerson. 
Yeah, in, in, oh, yeah, yeah, in Willie Castle. Yeah. yeah, out on the yeah. Cape someplace. Yeah, yeah, we, we were trying to, we're researching our family history. We think we're related. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. Yep. Um, in their program, Spirit Radio, I think? I believe so, yes. We're supposed to be out. Yeah, yeah. Soon, yeah. Yep, they're, they're going to be there, um, and, and we're, you know, we're going to have other um, vendors there as well. Um, you know, that's still coming in right now. We're, sure. Um, we're we're going to have, like... I don't know, probably tops eight vendor tables, but um, so we're going to be kind of picky with that. But um, they're they're definitely in. Um, uh, Bill Hall is going to have a table, so he can sell his books, and he'll be he'll be signing autographs. That book will um, have just doing, come out too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's perfect timing. Mm-hmm. So he'll be there, and then I know you'll be selling books there, and you know, selling and signing and meet and greets, and Bill mm-hmm. Hall will be there um, with his brand new book and meet and greets and, and um, signing books, and yeah, and I'll be you know I'll, I'll be walking around coincidentally on my birthday, which we didn't plan on. Yeah, uh, we were going for the twenty seventh, um, but they they had a late booking on that date after we discussed that with them, and then uh, that you know I forget what it's for some some other radio show or something. But um, at this venue, um, yeah. so we had to go with the twentieth in order for you to make it because I understand you'll be going overseas or so um, in October, right? Well, we, I, I don't. That, that's up in the air right now. Pardon the pun, but okay, uh, but yeah, yeah but, but keep uh, that open, boy. We will, yeah, absolutely. No, no, it's a good date for us. Uh, so why don't you get there? There are sometimes people who are not computer accessible who don't have access to a computer. Is there a uh, a mailing address they could use to buy tickets? Absolutely. Um, it, you can send the check, uh, payable to True Paranormal Event, P.O. Box 129, New Ipswich. I'm going to spell that. The word new, N-E-W, space um, I-P-S-W-I-C-H dot com. The zip code is 03071. Very good. And you can put care of. Shane and Karen, or Shane and or Karen, it doesn't matter which one, um, Sairway, S-I-R-O-I-S. Okay, very good. Um, any other questions, cell phone number, um, you can call me direct, 603-913-4790. That's 603-913-4790. Okay, very good. And before we let you go, uh, I'll give the website again at trueparanormalevent.com. Check it out. It's going to be a great time. Now, uh, do you have any thoughts before we let you go on this first question? Because you said you were listening in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, residual hauntings, geological factors, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think with, with uh, most people, what, what they're doing is, um, what they've done through the years, and you know this, um, they're called upon to investigate something. They go into someone's home or whatever. They don't have an explanation. But people are, are so silly because... They can't just not give an explanation. They can't say, well, we don't yet know, but I believe it might be this. Instead, what they do is they put some kind of, you know, description on it. And so they, they've kind of, like, invented different theories, but they apply it like it's, it's factual. And there's no foundation to it, and, and there's no evidence, and it's frustrating. And that's why I, I chose to go in a different direction, because when I started my work a million years ago, and uh, I, I realized that, you know, nobody knows anything, and no. so I put it, yeah, exactly, so I put a process down to identify trends 
And therefore, by doing that, like I would start from scratch, and, and I would I would look at everything and analyze everything, and I, I I absolutely never use anybody as a as a model, and I just went into this with a mechanical aptitude and uh, uh, wanting to know and break it down, and when I put this process down to identify trends, well, what I started to realize is everybody is absolutely wrong, absolutely wrong, mm-hmm. and. So what they're doing is they're saying, well, what happens is your house is recording events of the past. It's a residual haunting. Your house is not a DVR. It's not a VCR. <laughs> it's, right. it's none of that. But what I started to realize is in most of these cases where there there seems to be events that are being played back, which coincidentally, not coincidentally, but in in hand-in-hand, also seems to have an open door to other things that can interact with us. They, yes. You know, if, if, you, if you're having time slips, you're having these things, um, you know, we're able to, um, to witness things from a different parallel or a different time or a different, you know, existence, then we also have an open door that these parasites can come in and mess with us if the environment is, is agreeable to them, if, if, if it's enticing enough. Um, and... So what I started to realize after that was most of the time there is running water nearby. And, and I'm thinking of it almost to, to, under, to, to make other people understand it is almost like think about like a walkie-talkie, you know, um, a frequency, you know, one frequency to the next. There needs to be something that connects those two frequencies. And just like in the olden days, I mean, when you had a police scanner, you used to have to insert crystals into it if you wanted to hear a certain police department or a certain fire department. There was different frequencies, and you had to buy different crystals. Well, I think th- this water, because it's, it's usually almost like a, um, it happens mostly where there's a tr- change of direction or a waterfall, um, things of that nature, I think is al- almost altering, you know, the frequencies of the different parallels. And just like it, just like it retards light and changes the speed of light, I think it does the same thing with you know the existence of each parallel and 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 allows them to converge and and that's what i'm finding i mean it, it does it, a house doesn't always have water nearby when it's active but ma- the majority of them that are are consistently active on a regular basis always do and mm-hmm. in an area like we discussed before a whole entire area and i, I think we're going to get into something like that and um and that's what I found. Great. So that's a little bit what I'm going to touch on. On September 20th, right, the true paranormal event. Sounds great, Shane. Thanks for calling you in, my it. friend. And uh, we'll be looking forward to September 20th, and we'll give the details again at, uh, toward the end of the show in our announcement section. All right. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Okay. See you guys soon. Okay. Bye. See you soon. Bye. All right. Uh, so just get back to Tracy's question, uh, is it really true the Catholic Church is more open about exorcism? I think uh, from what I can see, they are. I have no inside information really on that. I know that in my day, the uh, movie The Exorcist had just come out in 73, and here we were in Bridgeport and all this business at that poltergeist case in 1974, and there was, there was a lot of paranoia. And I would always say, no, 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 not that they're going to listen to me, I was like a, just a young seminary student. And I, w- I, w- I would say things like, well, why don't you just, you know, tell people what the, the doctrine is, explain it, tell them not to worry, 
And instead, they just clammed up, which is the worst thing you can do if you're trying to keep something quiet. You know, it just piques people's curiosity. What are they hiding? And sure enough, there it is. So I think they have opened up somewhat on it. And uh, that's about all I can really say about it, uh, except for now. He, finally, uh, Tracy brings up how come some people claim to be official exorcists when they are not priests. Well, that's a good question. Uh, Ed Warren claimed he was an officially designated exorcist, but uh, I, that's a long story. I don't think it was official, for, certainly not from the Vatican, because well, people call themselves a lot of things. People call themselves a lot of things, and everybody buys it. You think you know what we've seen in our age that uh, well, sounds, you have to look at things twice before you accept them. Well, it, it sounds nice. Yes, exactly. If yeah. it sounds nice, then it's easier to accept. And they'll very often use theological or scientific terms that make it sound, you know, legitimate. Oh, yeah. And I just, I just think, particularly the, the so-called the demonology aspect, as they call it, is extraordinarily dangerous. I mean, fooling around with the paranormal, or seeking it out, and trying to attract it is is dangerous enough. But especially attracting uh, what folklore calls demons, we call parasitical entities, which are just part of nature, but extremely dangerous. Yeah, is really stupid. It is extremely stupid. So uh, I think that um, I don't know. I, I, w- I would question anyone, and we have on the show questioned people who call themselves exorcists or, or or demonologists, and then they don't really know what to say about it. So that pretty much answers that question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not the word. Yeah, I mean, I, like I guess we are experts, but I mean, I don't, I don't, not not that we can uh, judge others or what they're doing. But I mean, there comes a point where you just have to to say you, you have to shut it off because it's just uh, it's just not right. Anyway, we're going to, speaking of shutting it off, we're going to take our break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on ON1240 and ONWorldwide.com in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back with more emails in just a minute. Hello, this is Manny Brando reminding you that my show is on ON every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. You forget about me. What about you? Virginia Brando, your co-host. You and I are going to have a talk. Again? Owen Radio. Owen Worldwide. And we just wanted to remind you, before we go back to our emails, of the charities Ben and I have adopted. You can find all of them at NewEnglandGhosts.com or at our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com. But I'll point out one or two. Certainly, usacares.org do great things for our veterans uh, when they are in financial need. Also, buildershelpingheroes.org. They do great things uh, locally here in Rhode Island and southeastern Mass for veterans uh, from our area who have, or for the families of those veterans who have been killed uh, or those wounded in combat. They uh, do great things. Again, that's buildershelpingheroes.org. It's a subsidiary, a nonprofit subsidiary of the Rhode Island Builders Association. And also uh, YMC, in our Youth Mentoring Connection in Los Angeles. Not a veterans group, but they do great things for at-risk youth. Using indigenous wisdom, our friend Tony LaRay out there does fantastic things with that. And check that out at youthmentoring.org. So let's get back to our emails. Righty. We have one from Yogesh. And from the nature of the email, I think it's he's from India. You know, his name it could be from anywhere, but I think it's, yeah. this is from India. And his question uh, is the uh, physical appearance of the people already gone. Cool. Already. So he writes to us. Can you please tell me whether it is possible to have your beloved ones uh, before your very eyes in physical form? 
Uh, can I transfer some power or energy from my body to them? Do the people uh, already that are already gone think and feel the same feelings they did when they were among us? Or their thinking and feelings uh, have changed? Do we need a religion to contact our beloved ones? Uh, above all, please tell me the absolute truth. <laughs> uh, you want to start off on that one? Um, take the last question last. Do we need a religion to contact our beloved ones? Well, uh, these are complex questions. These are really complex questions. Let's go with the first one because that right. that's easier. So, can you please tell me whether it is possible to have our beloved ones before our very eyes uh, in the physical form? Well, yes. I mean, yeah. Uh, the, 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 yes. All right, well, that was simple. Um, well, maybe we should explain <laughs> how. I mean, this, it's not the usual thing you'd hear someone yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, well, I suppose through multiversal physics, no one's really dead. They're just, uh, you, you could have uh, meshed, the world that we're in right now could have meshed with a world in which they're still alive, hence why you're seeing them in physical form. Because they're not really dead, because they're still there in a the neighboring world, they just hap- the ducks happen to be lined up and be... Uh, well, well, the caveat ours. there is that, and you know, and I'm thinking back then to the we we've mentioned this on the show many times. The two shaman that I uh, remember working not working with, but but conferring in at length with in the 1970s, and one was from Australia, Australian Aboriginal elder, and a Cree elder in Quebec, and different sides of the planet, and they both had the same stories about shaman when they were youngsters having brought people physically back who had died in their communities. And they both realized this was not a good idea, but they were highly paid and they were highly um, uh, motivated by the, the sorrow of the families involved who had lost these families. In one case, it was a young son. In another case, it was the father of the family. Yeah, And uh, they literally went into parallel worlds as shamans do in so many words and they literally went into worlds where these people had not died they grabbed them by the arms and literally hauled them back across the plasma boundary into this world this universe this realm this whatever stream whatever consciousness uh stream we're talking about here and uh, there they were and remember the irony one mentioned that, that one guy the father would walk to his work every morning past his own grave and he emphasized this was not resurrection it was not uh, reincarnation it was a literal grabbing of them from a world where they had not died and dragging, the, dragging them into this one that is not what we're talking about when we say that yes you can see your relatives in their physical form but it depends you know, it's, it seems that from the impressions we get, when someone, quote-unquote, dies here, and you go to the funeral, and the body is buried, I mean, it's the, the leaf has fallen off the tree, the person's life is the whole tree, not just the leaf. And you have many, many apparent lives, and people often mistake this for what's called reincarnation, or past lives, and then you have future lives. There really is no past, there really is no future, according to uh, mainstream, even mainstream physics. So what you're dealing with is when you see them in any kind of physical form, you're seeing what most people would call a ghost. There are, there are parallel world intersects, multiversal intersects, where 
there uh, you, you you can encounter worlds where they never died. So that is, I guess, what we're saying, Yogesh, in response to your question. Uh, we don't um, have I ever experienced that myself. Yes, I think so. That's why, and you know, but the thing is, when you miss people and when you are uh, grieving, and we all will do that when you have such a massive change in their presence. People often ask us, well, you know, is it, is it that they're still here? And we try to realize that. No, it's not that they're still here. Only in some cases, I think, will you have that kind of experience. Uh, in most cases, I think you will not have the experience of their physical presence because they have better things to do. They have, they have other things to do. Their core consciousness, I should say that their primary consciousness, has moved to where it already is, as with anything else in nature, uh, path of least resistance. To, the, to a prime consciousness where they're doing something else. And you're, but the thing is, you are with them, not, not that they're with you, which they are in some ways, but you are fully with them in many different worlds. And, and that's how we deal with, when, when we and our family kind of lose people, because you're really not losing them, you've lost kind of a part of yourself, and you're with them in many, many worlds. And, and, and the relationship can improve to be something far greater than it even was in their, their, their quote-unquote life. So you, their life here is not their whole life. Your life here is not your whole life. It's kind of hard to describe this stuff because it's still from an individualistic standpoint. But people experience it. Yeah. It, it really, as, as we often say, our language can't actually describe it, but, but your, your, your heart and your mind know. Yeah. So people yeah, recognize this. So what's, uh, what's his next question? Uh, can I transfer some energy or power from my body to theirs? Well, I think one thing to realize is that you're, you are not separated from these people. The, the whole, ben just mentioned it. And had we had Amit Goswami on tonight, Professor Goswami, uh, the great, the renowned, the renowned physicist who had to reschedule, we, would have, we were going to talk about that. Uh, the notion that the, the idea of the individual is an illusion. The, the sense of self is an illusion. Right. It's a sense of self-reference. We really are unique expressions of all of us because we're all one big life, really. We're all, we're all one big... Uh, among all our lives, it's, it's, all of, it's us, and among all, all the other people, it's really a, there's, a, there's a unity there in the whole biosphere. And that's something that, that is the background to any explanation about ghosts or experiencing people after they've, uh, quote-unquote, died. So. Yeah, so that's pretty much that. So the next question is, uh, do the people already gone think and feel the same feelings they did when they were among us, or are their thinking and feelings different? Well, that gets into the whole, are you, you, are you really you? Are you fully yourself without your body? Yeah. I don't think, that, I don't think you are. And yeah, I've always been mystified by how, you know. Yeah, no, I, I always wondered that. Like that guy that we had on uh, a couple weeks back, and I, I was just, I don't know, I don't remember if I posed this, but I feel like I did. It was like, does, do we look like our souls or whatever? Like, what does a soul look like? So if we are souls or spirits or whatever... Do we look like our spirit? I don't remember you asking that question, but it's a good question. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't bring that up. Maybe I had that the thought in my head, and then it just slipped away. Maybe. Well, the implied answer that spiritualists will give is, yes, you, you have a, an astral body that kind of looks like... But, I mean, complete with clothes and all that. I mean, I, that, that's just never been good enough for me. Uh, I, you then know. why would you need a body? Why, why the term yeah, body? Yeah, I mean, like, th- it's, as, as you and I often complain about when we're in a philosophical state of mind, which is you, most of the time... Yeah. You know, this dualism is just too much. You know, in other words, uh, you know, the, the mind-body dichotomy, the, 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 the war between matter and spirit, you know, matter is bad and spirit's good. 
That's an old Manichaean idea, and it's an old idea from uh, thought that has pretty much taken over uh, the modern mind. Someone pointed out it's not just the Western mind; it's the modern mind. And yeah, that's correct. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. So uh, I think if, I think in in reality, with a capital R, uh, you you need to get kind of beyond all these ideas because it limits your thinking and it limits your interpretation of paranormal experiences. Certainly, and it limits your interpretation of what happens in your whole life. So you wonder everybody's blundering around, wondering who they are, what they're supposed to be doing, and nobody's really happy. It's because they, 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 they're trying to make it fit this inadequate model of life. Make square pegs fit round holes. Well, uh, yeah, precisely. Yeah. So um, as a result, I think that can you send energy? To, well, yeah, I mean, love is the greatest energy there is. We found that out, and, you know, and I'm not generally a touchy-feely person, but that's, that's a fact. Right. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, you, you, there's constant sharing of life and energy. Well, as you always pointed out to me, love is not an emotion, it's a state of being. Precisely, yeah. I was a weird kid. I'd watch Star Trek. I used to yell at Mr. Spock and I'd say, you dummy, it's not an emotion, it's a state of being. (laughs) You know? I don't know, I was like 10 or whatever. And then we just need to go find Leonard Nimoy. And, yeah, uh, he never understood human emotions. He said, well, well, that's probably, well probably the dummy got, had it all wrong because he was just like everybody else. He, had, he wanted to make it fit his perspective, which was very narrow, and it uh, didn't work. Through logic and reason. That's but what some, does that mean? That's some Aristotelian... Aristotelian uh, well, 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 well Aristotle must have been from Vulcan. So. Yeah, but... <laughs> Anyway, comes from Vulcan to ruin philosophy. Alrighty, so next question: um, Do we need a religion to contact our beloved ones? I mean, well, I mean, we already sort of answered that, and I think this sort of stretches beyond religious terms. Well, not really. I feel well, as if, well, feeling. Let's not use that word. I think, I think that we're already in contact with them. In, already, I mean, the the dead are all dead. I say in quotes are always with us anyway. We're all part of each other anyway. Right, no matter what your st- so physical state. So that sort of makes that question um, null. Well, the, the question it begs the question: What is religion? I mean, religion is a, a res- is not an end in itself. It's right. a response. It's a means to the human experience of of God. Had our remotest ancestors not had experiences with what they believed were, for lack of a better term, supernatural beings, had they not had questions about the nature of the world, the nature of life, why do we die, why do we live, they would never have had a need for religion or science for that matter. Had they not had paranormal experiences, they would not have had a need for science or religion to answer the questions what are these experiences about? Right. I, that's perhaps an oversimplification. Well, I, I mean, but, sometimes... Well, it is It is pretty simple. I mean, everyone tries to, to say, well, they're at war with each other, and it's like, well, no. I actually, mean, they're not. They, actually, no, they religion work. and science have been hand-in-hand hand for most of history. Yeah, they've... Yeah, through, if you look through a historical lens, they get along pretty well. Of course, most people say, well, look, what about Galileo? And it's like, well... Well, you know, that, that was, a, as we've said, that is a very misunderstood situation. You understand, understand the political background, of the, right. uh, what the popes are, I mean, n- not to excuse anybody in this. And there's also a myth that, that Galileo was, was uh, executed or burned at the stake. That's not true. He, no, was, he was in under house arrest in a palace. Yeah, well, he, yeah he was, I wouldn't mind being under house arrest, I'd get some work done. Yeah. <laughs> but he was uh, always considered, even by the 
highest church authorities grudgingly respected as a scientist for the rest of his life. He was silenced, which was not uncommon for some people. But again, you have to understand the political situation. Not to excuse it. Yeah, no, just saying. Uh, But, you know, the Vatican, a lot of people don't realize this, the Vatican owns a state-of-the-art observatory in Arizona. Oh, yeah, it's still in service. Yeah, and there there are uh, many priests who are very much, um, who are brilliant scientists and who work in these fields. So, uh, sure, they have lightened up, just uh, just as I suppose they have on the notion of exorcism, too. They've lightened up on some science. But, again, you know, not not to excuse the abuses that occurred in the past, but we shouldn't exaggerate them either. Yeah, you shouldn't say that everything was the case. No. Because it usually wasn't. If you examine your history closely, you'll you'll learn a lot, learn quite a bit. <laughs> well, it depends how you examine it. I mean, That's a good point, history yeah. is uh, the best definition I ever heard of history is one giant misunderstanding after another <laughs> that is uh, reported by historians who didn't understand it either. So, right. Anyway, but that's not always the case. So uh, what's the next uh, that's question, Yogesh? Oh, okay. Well, Yogesh, I hope uh, that that lengthy uh, response has been of some some use to you. I don't know if it has. All right, here's. Here's a very, very interesting case. Now, I moved this up to the top of the line because this only just started. I had a long and interesting conversation with the uh, young lady involved here. And uh, it brings up some interesting questions that we don't usually encounter. And it's from uh, Sherry. I, I believe she's in Colorado. Okay, and uh, that's all I'll, I'll say about that because it's an ongoing case. So Okey-doke. Uh, it's uh, rather lengthy, but we, we've uh, taken sections that we'll explain. Okie doke. Uh, so uh, Sherry writes to us, I believe the beings who have been in my house are intelligent beings, at least most of them. Um, Adrian, while doing a healing on me, whoever that you is. Are, no, we won't say that. Yeah. Okie doke. Uh, identified them as astral beings who want to take the shortcut back to Earth, so this is why I am going with that agenda at the moment. Their okay, ac- okay let, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Their activities were consistent with that. They uh, they wanted my house and my money, and they were really mad to find out that I don't have the hundreds of thousands of dollars. They somehow had the impression that I have. Okay, l- let's stop there. This is very unusual. Now, I'm not laughing because I don't believe it. I mean, any all these things are possible. The, the terminology used here, and, and this came up in my phone conversation uh, w- with uh, the young lady the other day, uh, was very interesting, and she um, she understood very clearly what we were saying. Uh, this, let me just say, this is a person who has some uh, knowledge in this field. It's not you know not just an ordinary person who's just experiencing something. A very sensitive person and uh, very very intelligent as well. Uh, but I had never. Not in a long time, anyway. Heard anybody accusing? But but there have been there has been money involved in some paranormal cases. There was one right here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, where we broadcast from, uh, where there was money spontaneously appearing, and most people wouldn't complain about that. But the people with everything else that was happening, the people didn't dare touch it. So uh, can ghosts be after your money? Uh, okay. Well, we have a call from Bill. I don't want to keep him holding. So let's uh, let's take the call and we'll get back to uh, ghost stealing your money in a little while. Uh, Bill, how are you? Yes, sir. Is this I'm Bill? Good, thank B- you, Bill Smith from New Hampshire. Yes, it is Exeter, New Hampshire. Oh, very good. And we're going to talk about another wonderful event that's coming up on August 30th, really right around the corner. So, Bill, uh, what's going on? Well, we're uh, the uh, Exeter Area Qantas Club is uh, holding the fifth annual Exeter UFO Festival here in Exeter, New Hampshire. Okay, yep, excellent. And uh, Ben and I will be there, be among the speakers, and we have... Um, it'll be a good time. It'll be, uh, it'll be a great time. We've uh, been 
attending that for years now. Uh, we missed it one year when we were overseas, but uh, we had a radio uh, booth set up, things like this, and we're going to be uh, speakers this year. And who else is on the agenda there? Well, we've got uh, Stanton Friedman, who's uh, recovering, as uh, a lot of your listeners know, from yes, a recent yeah. heart attack. But Very pleased to like hear he's that. Doing well. Uh, Richard Dolan, mm-hmm. uh, who has been a longtime uh, speaker and an MC more often than not at our event. Uh, Ryan Malahi and uh, Robert uh, Schroeder will also be there as well. Very good. Uh, all of all of them have been uh, regular guests on our show, except except for Mr. Dolan, whom we we're going to have to remedy that very soon. <laughs> and uh, so, what are the details? How can people find out more, and how can they get tickets? Well, um, we do have uh, we are on Facebook, and uh, we do have our website at Sexer UFO Festival, and. Uh, there are no tickets. This is one of those rare uh, free events for something of this kind. Oh, time. I didn't realize uh, that. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, there, is a, uh, there is a link on our webpage, uh, BehindTheParanormal.com, and on NewEnglandGhosts.com uh, to the festival site. And um, exactly. we'll, uh, you know, yeah, and... Being, being the you know, Qantas Club, our, our focus is on uh, children, youth programs. And while we do not charge to listen to these uh, fantastic speakers, uh, we do ask for goodwill donations, and uh, we are there to uh, sell, you know, hot dogs, hamburgers, T-shirts, those kind of things, so we can raise uh, money for our uh, children's charities. Excellent. Well, we'll be promoting that. Uh, we have been in our announcement section at the end, and we'll be yes, doing uh, quite a bit on Facebook about that and trying to support the event as well. And we're very, very much looking forward to it. And uh, Bill, anything else you'd like to add? Not uh, everyone, come on up. It, it has been a good uh, good time. This, like I said, it is our fifth year, and we are ramping up for next year, which will be the fiftieth uh, anniversary of the incident at Exeter. Yeah, the Betty and Barney okay. Hill incident. Uh, it's excellent. Uh, no, no, not that one. Oh, it's not that one. The, uh, no, this was uh, several. One. Betty and Barney. Uh, oh, that was sixty one. Yeah. Yes, this one, uh, the incident at Exeter, that that was John Fuller wrote about. Oh, um, right. It was back in 65, September ah, 3rd of okay. 65, so a Labor Day weekend, so we're kind of sticking with tradition and having <laughs> our, ours on, on a Labor Day weekend. It's the, it's the Saturday of Labor Day weekend. That sounds terrific. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of fun. It's very interesting, very educational, informative, and uh, people just keep coming back for more, so we just keep on doing it. Well, we can testify it is a very, very exciting event. It's a wonderful venue. The, the merchants in the town get involved. It's a lovely town. And uh, it's, just, it's just a great and exciting event. There's always something of interest for everyone, and it's, uh, we urge everyone to, uh, to go, and we'll be talking a lot about it on the show as we go. Absolutely, okay. Dan. I do appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you, Bill. We'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Okay. All right, you have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Okay. That sounds like great. The Exeter UFO Festival, folks. Check that out. And it's a free event. That's wonderful. Okay. Uh, so where did we leave off there, Ben? Uh, we left talking about the terms that are used and you had yes. a conversation with uh, Sherry yes exactly uh, and uh, it was very interesting to hear her talk about that someone trying to get a shortcut back to the, the earth or to the earth okay now uh, I understand uh, where Sherry was was going with that uh, it sounds like to the casual listener that you're dealing with uh, the spirits of dead people who want to get back somehow okay but I don't think that's what we well, that's not what we mean and I don't think that's entirely what Sherry meant either I think what we're talking about is people perhaps in 
parallel realities, and there, and, and in, in quantum mechanics, in this interpretation of it anyway, anything that can be conceived exists somewhere in one or another parallel world of which there there are billions, perhaps an infinite number. Right. And so th- there, it is entirely conceivable that there are worlds in which people are very much like us. As a matter of fact, there may be no difference between our world and that world at all, except that they may be very aware of us or other worlds like us. I mean, it's not entirely impossible that they might use money. There might be uh, interdimensional gangsters. I mean, all these, they sound, it sounds silly. Maybe you've never heard these things before, but it is in this interpretation of quantum mechanics entirely possible that there are creatures and beings or people like this around. You certainly have the, the, the parasitical entities we often run into and discuss uh, who uh, seek their, their food from the energy of, of creatures such as ourselves and many other kinds as well. And they're around it. But again, it's all part of nature. But, but this is the weird world, the weird multiverse in which we seem to live. So I think it's entirely possible that there are physical beings who are um, impinging upon her particular um, world, and you've got a, a, a multiversal intersect there that, that's going on, and somebody's using it to their advantage. Well, I'm going to paraphrase what she says next, and essentially, uh, she said this may be, she's like, if, if this is true, or if it isn't true, they are attempting, the, these might be parasites, attempting to rile her up. Yes, to, we discussed uh, that. It, yes, yeah. Now, she really related to what to, the, to our particular point of view. Yeah. And uh, this could be nothing of the kind that we, we described just now. It could be simply parasites pushing buttons. Uh, these creatures, which are not spirits, they're not servants of Satan, we've had physical encounters with them, they seem to be simply in multiversal creatures. I mean, lo- life is tenacious. It is not, as Sir Fred Hoyle, the astronomer, would say, uh, the exception in the universe, it is, as he would say, the the um, the rule. Uh, the rule, precisely. And as such, there are all sorts of forms, and it's very very tenacious, as we say. And it uh, they need they need to feed. It seems like uh, every creature, every living creature, needs to feed on something. Mm. And these these parasitical entities, which are not human, uh, tend to feed upon, among many other things, the negative energy we may produce, or the, or that is being produced in a parallel world in which we're sharing the space. In other words, we've seen, I've seen particularly, these entities feeding upon a negative event that's occurring in one parallel world, and living in between them themselves, and then also feeding on people who would be in our world. And uh, as goofy as this sounds, this is exactly what we find. So there you have it. So I think that that's uh, that may be going on here. Uh, but again, we, we, we are limited to... Yeah, that and we're, we're not there. We're not so. in Colorado, so... Oh, well, this is out in Colorado. Well, yeah, I mean, we're not there, so, I mean, it's... No, this is our best interpretation from a distance. Right. Because of things we've run into previously. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So, uh, as I say, I think that's uh, essentially what we're dealing with. Uh, We are... This is an ongoing uh, situation with um, uh, this case in Colorado, and we will continue to report on it. I think that um, our particular homeowner, uh, the person who lives there, is very... Uh, as I say, intelligent, very sensible in her approach to this, and uh, we have every confidence that that will uh, will stand her in good stead. So, what do we have next? Uh, Any other comments there? Let's see. 
That's what's very interesting about the uh, uh, material design. I'm always positive and generous in my opinions, unless somebody has really hurt me. And because of the terrorizing I experienced, I am still positive, but told them I still don't trust them. Uh, now that they are no longer trying to get anything from me, it's a different atmosphere. And the only ones still here are the person who seemed to be the leader, and now there's a woman in there talking to him. I, I know enough to be watchful and to be careful. Well, that's good. Now, again, th- th- this can sound kind of crazy, but having experienced things like this myself, I mean, th- these things do happen. Uh, the reference that she makes is, I believe, to other people who may be, I suppose, caught in the intersect, not necessarily caught, but, but in contact inadvertently through the intersect. So people will hear conversations from complete strangers going on in the next room in their own house. Right. And uh, they could be schizophrenic. It could be a medical condition. It could be uh, all sorts of things. It could be even, uh, I don't know, certain radio signals that can be picked up on your, what is it, on your, not your teeth or whatever, Ben. You're the sound expert. Huh? I don't even, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I actually knew, knew someone. I, it was, I was in school with him, and he, was, he had a certain kind of filling, and he would pick up occasionally, if he was in the right place in the building, a radio signal on his, on his tooth. You could actually he- hear the vibration. I guess I guess that makes sense. Uh, I know, I've heard, I thought those were like urban myths. So I, I've heard about people having braces and like getting... Well, getting I actually heard it myself. But, uh, well, in any case, uh, you know, uh, barring any uh, dental issues uh, Sherry may be having, I mean, it's very possible that this is a parallel world experience going on. And you do hear these things seemingly unrelated. Uh, to each other that do occur in places like this. So we'll be monitoring that case, and, and uh, I think Sherry's going to do just fine, but it's, it's a matter. But it's interesting that as soon as she made known that the tactic would not work of any sort of, of, of trying to frighten her or any sort of terror, yeah. the, uh, the um, modus operandi kind of changed with these things. Especially if they were threatening to take all her money. Well, exactly. So uh, I've seen that happen, too. So anyway, I guess that's about all we have time for. And uh, we will get on to our announcements at this point. Right there on page one. All right, uh, the Exeter Kiwanis UFO Festival is coming up in Exeter, New Hampshire. We just had a, a call from uh, Bill Hall, who is organizing that. Bill Smith. Kiwanis. Smith. Oh, well, I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of the author, Bill Hall. I'm sorry, Bill Smith. Sorry, Bill. And uh, that'll be August 30th. And check it out uh, through our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. There are... Uh, Too many bills. Too many bills, yes, and uh, there are uh, links there. Uh, Saturday, September 20th, in the earlier part of the show, Shane Searway called in about the True Paranormal Event 2014, celebration of advanced understanding of the paranormal. going to be a great event. Check that out, too. All right, and after that, there will be two events for which we will have uh, raffles for, and we'll raffle off some tickets for those. Uh, one of them is the Experiencers uh, Speak Conference. That's Experiencers, uh, for some reason I couldn't speak English, at the Clarion Hotel and Conference Center in Portland, Maine, on September 6th and 7th. This is a UFO conference focused on abductees, experiencers, and contactees. Anybody can attend, of course, and it will be very interesting. We will draw the winner for four tickets out on our... Uh, August uh, 25th show, and you can find out about the event at www.experiencerspeak.yolosite.com. That's Y-O-L-A site.com. Okay, looks like we're just about out of time here. So, on uh, our next uh, show, Monday, Je- July 21st, right here on WON 1240 and com. we'll welcome UFO researcher Jim Bauk for a look at UFO experiences of American police officers. And we'll leave you this evening with a simple quote from a person or persons unknown 
The happiest people don't, ha- don't have the best of everything. They just make the best of what they have. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.